Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Uh, breaking down District 4 activities week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey, and today we are joined by Dolly the Sheep. Bah. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's going to be in my nightmares now. You fine like a sheep. Oh, man. God, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, what's going on, Brandon? Yo, what's up? Scott Burton, those of you listening, audio only, he likes to come on with a different alias moniker every week. If you're watching the video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, you'll see it right there. Dolly the sheep. All right, Burton, what's the story this week? Oh, my word. I just felt a cloning reference was appropriate this week. Um, I, I, I'm supposed to be in three different places tonight. And so I'm trying to juggle all of that and get two things organized and arranged and then try to get to the third. So you remember the, uh, the Michael Keaton movie, Multiplicity, mm-hmm. where he cloned himself, I think, four times and each one of them got dumber as they went along. By the time yeah. the fourth clone, it was Doug was almost like a scuba Steve, you know, <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I feel. So I'm supposed to be, um, we have wrestling in Jerome tonight against Minico. It's our senior night. And we make a big deal out of that because it's in the auditorium and we do it on the stage. And so uh, this afternoon, we're going to bring in all the wrestling mats and set the stage up. You know, people come into the auditorium and they're going to watch wrestling on the auditorium stage. It's kind of a cool thing we do with our wrestlers. So I'm supposed to be at that, supposed to announce for that. Um, and then we've got the 1A D1 game happening tonight, that second birth to state between Cary and Raft River, which we'll talk about here shortly. That's happening at Jerome, and I'm supposed to announce for that as well. But our girls' basketball team kind of threw a wrench in all of that when they upset Twin, and now we're playing for the district title game, uh, district championship in Minico tonight. So it's like those are the three things, and so I needed like three of me to do all these things. So there's Dolly for you. <laughs> so we talked when we had, uh, when we had Sean, the twin falls athletic director on a couple weeks ago and talked, talking about how he had been gone a lot uh, because of what is going on with his daughter, uh, Harper. And um, he, he said, you know, it, I've got a great team of admins around me that I've really leaned on. I assume it's the same at Jerome, right? You can't be in three places at once. And you've got other people in your building that are going to help out. Yeah, you know, my my uh, athletic assistant secretary, Ann Newbury, is just absolutely amazing. Um, we all know who runs the show around here. It ain't me. <laughs> so, uh, but no, she's helping out a little bit too tonight uh, here at the at the school. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's my right hand person and man, can't do it without her. So yeah, she, she's my clone. It's a good one for yeah. sure. Uh, and, and speaking of clones, Jerome is hoping to clone their performance on the basketball court after they went to Twin Falls last week and knocked off the Bruins in a nail biter. They will be going to Minico tonight for the district championship game. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, February 9th. Uh, I will be there tonight, Scott, broadcasting that game for IdahoSports.com. So you and I are going to be in the same building. Yes, we are. And I'll uh, come up and, uh, Raz you a little bit. It uh, should be a lot of fun. I got uh, got an email from your your fellow broadcaster tonight, getting you know some information from us. So told him I'd be there and like come up and 
visit with you for a bit. So it should be, it should be fun. Yeah. So that, that game is going to be wild. That gym in Minico is, is not a big one. And I know that Brady over there is, is really pushing. Well, I think he's letting his students in for free if they oh. show up to the game. And, and so I'm loading up a bus and I'm taking a bunch of students over there as well. So hopefully we can get that gym packed and it's a crazy atmosphere. It always is in Minico. So that'll be, that'll be a ton of fun. Yeah. Over in the red zone, as they like to call it, or the Minico uh, red and gold play. And uh, you know, we've been there for quite a few Minico boys basketball games on IdahoSports.com over the past couple of weeks. And without a doubt, front row of the student section always is CJ Lada and the rest of the Minico girls. So I fully expect to see, uh, Brevin Trankel and uh, all of the guys supporting tonight uh, on the ladies side. So we're going to share, we're going to go through every district tournament that's going on in the magic Valley. Some teams have already uh, clinched their bids to state, won their districts. It's all wrapped up. Some will be decided tonight and maybe even on Saturday with some play in game type scenarios. Yeah, kind of where we get to see where, how we did on our bracketology. You know? Yeah, that's right. The rubber meets the road. So if you're watching this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, I'm going to share my screen so we're able to see the brackets and you can follow along that way. If you're listening, uh, audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, no worries. We have uh, all of the district brackets on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. Right at the top, you can't miss it. Just click on that and you can follow along that way. So here is the Great Basin Conference District Tournament, the 4A District 4 Girls. In the semifinals last Friday, Minico defeats Mountain Home 65-43 and, and pretty much was in control start to finish. Jerome goes to twin, the three versus the two, and Jerome gets the road knockout 40-38 to 38 the final. Scott, this game came down to the final two minutes. I mean, it was a thrilling finish where you had wild swings and momentum. Jerome's whistled for an offensive foul, uh, but they get the ball back, and then uh, Autumn Allen comes away with not one, but two really big steals um, down the stretch. And, and Jerome makes some free throws. Twin Falls had the ball with about 10 seconds left and never even got a shot off. Time no. expired before they could even attempt a yeah, game, game-winning shot. Yeah, that was really uncharacteristic of, of Twin, you know, not to get a shot off, but, uh, you know, worked in our favor. And you're right, that, that game was a grind. I was there, and, and our girls played exceptionally well. They took care of the basketball a little bit better than they normally do um, because that is their, I think, Achilles heel is they just turn the ball over too much. But they, they took care of the basketball and they rebounded well. Um, so they played a really good game. And, you know, Twin and Minico now, or, or Twin and Mountain Home rather, you know, they play tonight. And again, that's going to be another battle because right now you've got the one, two, three, four seeds that are still alive. So everything kind of sort of went chalk in a way, except for, you know, it's one and three playing for the title, but we, we kind of figured it was a four team race anyway, and you could kind of flip a coin in all of that. But, uh, you know, Jerome is the only team to have beaten Minico this year in the conference. And that came back in, uh, uh, January when January uh, 4th, somewhere in there or 18th rather, 5150 in a thriller uh, at Jerome. So, you know, that that environment tonight's going to be rocking and then the loser of tonight's game will host a game Saturday night against the winner of Twin Falls and Mountain Home for that second berth to state. So, 
there will either be a game at Minico Saturday or a game at Jerome on Saturday. So we'll see what happens. But uh, this this conference is shaping up kind of like we thought it would. Yeah, in that third, fourth place game tonight, I'm kind of leaning Mountain Home a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Yes, they have to travel to Twin Falls. But Mountain Home, because the way the Great Basin Conference works, um, whoever the higher-seeded semifinal loser is kind of gets a bye, which helps. Um, but that means Mountain Home had to play Canyon Ridge on Tuesday night, and they got a win by 20 points, 52-32. I think that's allowed them to kind of put the semifinal loss behind them, get refocused, and they're in do-or-die mode now, whereas Twin Falls has had nearly an entire week to stew and marinate on a game that they had, and it slipped through their fingers. And so you always wonder mentally, you know, how does Twin come out and handle that, whereas Mountain Home already kind of got that out of the way. And they're locked and loaded. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, too. And that's this is where experience comes in as far as being a head coach, right? Uh, Mike Amai over at Twin, I mean, he has been here, done that before. But he's got to find a way to do exactly what you said, reframe the mindset of his girls. Because the last time they stepped on their floor, they got beat. And so that has to get purged out of their minds. Or they could suffer that hangover that we see so many times. You know, so, I mean, that's a good point. It'd be interesting to see what happens, but, you know, um, nonetheless, that's going to be a really good game uh, in Twin Falls tonight. That tip-off is scheduled for, it's an early one at six. Yeah, uh, Mountain Home's got to travel a little little distance, so I'm sure they want to get them out uh, as quickly as they can. And then, you know, I think whoever loses that Minico-Jerome game is going to be in for one heck of a fight. In that, th- Like, I could easily see Twin or Mountain getting that second bid to mm-hmm. state oh, I coming in through the back door. So oh, I can see any of these four teams. It, the only thing that would surprise me with these four teams is if Minico didn't go. Right. One way or another, if Minico didn't go, that would be the only surprise. Other than that, my goodness, uh, I, it could be any, any, anybody of those yeah. remaining three. So welcome <laughs> yeah. to the Great Basin. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that on the boys' side yeah, in, boy. in, in just a little bit. Um, so, Okay, so we've got Minico Jerome tonight on IdahoSports.com at 6.30. We're also going to be broadcasting tonight the 1A D1 District Championship game, um, and that is uh, or not uh, the championship, but we're going to be broadcasting the second and third place game. Uh, we did the championship on Tuesday night. Oakley and <laughs> – boy, Oakley and Raft River. Who would have guessed? Um, yeah, this shocker. <laughs> Yeah, um, those two met for the championship Tuesday night at the College of Southern Idaho. Oakley won a low-scoring game, thirty-one to twenty-six. Uh, so Oakley uh, back to state. Congratulations to Coach Matt Payton and the Hornets. And now you've got Rapt River and Carey meeting tonight at Jerome, seven o'clock, for that second and final bid to state. Carey has had uh, an interesting journey. All of their games have been fairly close. They just barely got past Lighthouse in the opening round by two. We talked about that. They had to be Lighthouse in overtime in the third, fourth place game, 46-39. And even Shoshone, you know, Tim Chapman in his final game as Shoshone coach gave Carey all they could handle and then some. Carey only won 44-37. to So the Panthers have been in all of these tight nail-biter type games, but so has Raft River. They beat Murtaugh by one point in the semis. They lose by five to Oakley in the championship. So both of these teams are battle-tested and ready to go. It should be a great game tonight on IdahoSports.com. Yeah, no, it should. And, you know, you, you look at these these teams, and, and first of all, I mean, 
man, what a what a effort by Lighthouse to kind of battle their way to where they did, knocking off number three Murtaugh. And I don't think anybody really saw that one coming because this was supposed to be Oakley, Raft River, and Murtaugh battling for those two spots. But you know, Lighthouse kind of made a mess of things when they upset Murtaugh, but that opened the door for Kerry a little bit more. And Kerry is an interesting team too, because they uh they had a kind of a big setback in that that game against Oakley when they had uh one of their players go down with you know some health issues. And and it was a, a scary sight there for a little while for for Kerry during that game. It happened at halftime. And Kerry came out of the locker room. And then this is against Oakley where they lost 49 to 33, but they were getting pretty much dominated in that first half. And then they had one of their players in the locker room kind of collapse. And there was a, a huge health scare and Kerry was a, a, an eyelash away from not continuing that game. And so, and I was there. And so we're trying to figure out what to do if Kerry decides they can't really regroup and get it together, but uh, they did. We gave them a, 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 some time. They got their composure back and said, we're going to come out and play uh, without their, without their other player. And, and uh, they came out and they had a really valiant effort in that second half. They were just a, a re-energized team. They were playing with a lot of emotion, obviously. And so I think, you know, Kerry's one of those teams that is playing with a lot of emotion right now. And that is carrying them. Uh, into this game against Raft River, where you know Kerry and Raft River, <clears throat> they have um, battled just once already, and Raft River won that one, forty-two to thirty-nine. And so this is a different Kerry team. You know, they're like I said, they're playing with a lot of emotion, and uh, they're one game away from getting to state. Is is the the player from Kerry okay? Yeah. So, you know they took her to the hospital and, and uh, by the end of the game that Carrie was playing with Oakley, um, they got word that she had kind of, her vitals were good and, and everything was coming back around. I, I don't know if there's been any residuals as far as like holding her out or whatever the case has been. Um, but uh, it was good news by the end of the night. And so, um, yeah, but yeah, it was a, a really bizarre night for sure yeah uh certainly we're thinking about uh everybody uh at carry and yeah you're right they only lost by three the one time they played rat river this year i'll guarantee you two things it's going to be low scoring it's going to be a tight game yeah. uh pretty much bank on that and can we can we talk real quick about murtaugh as well at this tournament you feel so bad for the red devils they lose to rat river by one 54 53 turn around and lose to lighthouse by one 45 44 this is a team that has had its chances all year long in these really tight games and they just luck wasn't on their side this year no and it's unfortunate too because that was a pretty good team it was a very lengthy tall team that you, you those kind of teams are wild cards because they could go very deep into a tournament just because Murtaugh, you know they they play a lot of zone they've got length but uh, they just couldn't get enough bounces to go their way. And, you know, when Lighthouse knocked them out, Lighthouse just kind of caught fire from the outside. And when that's happening, boy, that's, that's a tough thing to stop, you know, because Lighthouse started firing offensively 
on, on all cylinders and uh, got out of there with a one point win, 45-44, and then gave Kerry everything they can handle before losing in overtime. Yeah, Jordan Wolverton for Lighthouse has had an outstanding tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's been really fun to watch there. Uh, the other uh, district uh, championship game that's going on tonight, Scott, is at the one A D two level, where you've got Dietrich and Richfield the rematch. This will be at Gooding High School tonight at seven o'clock. They met in the undefeated semifinal a week ago, and Dietrich won in a tight one, thirty six to thirty two. Now Dietrich has beaten Richfield three times this year. Can they do it for a fourth, or can Richfield force the winner-take-all, if necessary, game Saturday night in Gooding? Yeah, this yeah this one's interesting too because I mean Dietrich is three and zero this year against Richfield. The first one uh, back in January was January twelfth, thirty-eight twenty in favor of, of Dietrich, and then after that, it's just been down to the wire. Uh, the next one was a twenty-five to twenty-three win by Dietrich. And then the third one was, like you just mentioned, 36-32. So now what you're asking Dietrich to do is beat a very good Richfield team for the fourth time this season. And that is tough. And Richfield is probably sick and tired of losing to Dietrich, especially close games. So, you know, another classic tobacco road Dietrich and Richfield battle uh, this time around to get to state and two veteran coaches, uh, Buck Hendren for Richfield, Rick Estelle for Dietrich. Uh, the X's and O's battle between those two is going to be, uh, fascinating to watch tonight. A shout out to Camas County as well. The four seed, they knocked out Hagerman in the loser out game and, and got to play Richfield in that second and third place game for a Camas team that was very low on numbers this year. Uh, Brianna Ashmead, uh, played really well for the mushers over the past couple of games. And so uh, it was nice to see Camus, you know, finish in the top three after uh, going through a tough regular season with low numbers. So shout outs to uh, Camus County there as well. And then the other two district tournaments, Scott are pretty much concluded. It's all wrapped up. If we look at the three, a district four tournament that that district championship game was last night. Uh, we had it on idahosports.com. really wasn't close. Filer beat Buell. 63 to 23 both teams advanced to state regardless of the outcome um the big story was in that second and third place game on monday night scott buell knocked out kimberly by three 48 45 it came on a late three and despite the size that kimberly has underneath buell was able to to hang with them and got the win yeah that was the surprise of of all the tournaments i think i mean you you kind of factor in that Murtaugh loss. I mean, if you're going all brackets, this one is right up there with it because I don't think anybody really gave Buell a chance. We knew that, you know, Buell was heading in the right direction uh, behind Coach Montgomery or, you know, Coach Twos, and they were they were doing the right things. They were young. Uh, they We just kind of figured that maybe they were a year out of, of getting where they needed to be, but I'll be danged. They – they had Kimberly's number because they had, you know, they've played Kimberly a couple of times already in the season. And the first time around they lost, you know, by 17. Uh, the second time around they beat them 45, 39. And then the next time they got absolutely throttled 48 to 18 before winning 48, 45. So there really was, I mean, who knew what was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, we might win, we might lose by 30, who knows? 
but uh, they won the one that counted. And uh, a surprise, Kimberly is not going to state. In the finance world, the Buell girls basketball team is what we would call a volatile stock. It is just all <laughs> over the place. Um, it yes, was. We, we talked about, uh, I, I personally said, I thought Buell was a year away. And yet one of, one of three seniors on this team, Megan Montgomery has really put the, put the team on her back she was the one that hit that late three to to give buell the win over kimberly and so now both teams go to state buell's yeah. pretty much locked in as the number eight seed overall right. um and and filer is going to be a bottom ha half seed as well but to me the 3a tournament is pretty open there's not one team you can point to and say um yeah this is the favorite i mean snake river's good sugar salem of course is always good uh but Timberlake obviously is good from the north, but I think I think the Magic Valley teams have a chance to maybe open some eyebrows at state. Yeah, I mean Filer certainly does. They've got uh, you know they've got the experience, and we'll see what what happens there. Buell, you just hope puts up a good show is, because they will go in as a number eight, and uh, you know hopefully not just happy to be there, but but battles a lot too. So yeah, this three uh, A tournament will be kind of interesting as well looking at trying to find the there we go the standings in girls basketball um i mean yeah you do have snake river and and parma leading the way you know at 18 and 3 and so those are the two that are getting getting the most votes for you know the number one or oh, beg your pardon Gosh dang, my computer's jumping all over the place. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. Snake, I, Snake, Snake and Parma. Yeah. Uh, and well, you factor in Timberlake. There's some pretty good teams. The top three teams in the state are are really kind of cruising with their records, but uh, everybody's beatable in 3A. Yeah. The 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 seedings are all pretty much locked in. The top five seeds are already locked in. Snake River's the one seed. Timberlake is the two. Parma is three, Sugar Salem is four, Weezer is five. That's mm -hmm. all locked in. So six, yep. seven, and eight is all to be determined right now. We do a, a daily bracketology on idahosports.com where we kind of project the field and how it's going to look. And right now, uh, Filer would be seven, Buell would be eight. Yep. That is dependent upon Fruitland winning their play-in game. Uh, if they were to lose, then you have a chance maybe for some upward movement. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that 3a tournament shakes out for sure and then in the 2a canyon conference district four uh we we kind of knew coming in declo was the favorite here it's that best of three game series between declo yeah. and wendell i will say in the second game with wendell's season on the line the trojans did give a push they only lost by seven 49 to 42 but uh declo moving on to state and they are uh, locked in as that number eight seed overall kind of a similar deal uh for declo at the 2a level um, they've, they've got a tougher time right out of the gate, Scott, because they've got to play the only undefeated team that's left mm -hmm. in Idaho Melba. girls basketball in Melba. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations for winning your, your conference. Uh, here's Melba. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melba solid 21 and Oh, um, and you know, Declo, and that's the thing, you know, sometimes you, you just don't get challenged in, in the conference and you end up paying for it. And, you know, Declo owned Wendell four and Oh on the year you know, beating them handily in three of those four games. And Wendell, you know, to their credit, did put up a fight in the end. But, yeah, Declo just doesn't have that 
that that grind of a conference and and there's something to be said about that because those are pressure packed games when you get that grind and we talk about the 1AD1 conference all the time and even in the 1AD2 with Dietrich and Richfield um it, you are battling every single night but Declo doesn't have that you know and and that does kind of hurt down the road so but congratulations to Declo anyway and good luck with Melba. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we said last year at Boy State, Lake City was the number one seed in 5A, and they were going to roll to the title, and Centennial, the eight seed, knocked them out. So we've seen it happen uh, at state basketball uh, in other instances. So go go for it, Declo, and uh, and shock the world, right? Anything can happen. You betcha. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep it with Declo and Wendell and transition now into boys basketball where – uh, that Canyon Conference, um, it's a three-team boys basketball conference. The Cutthroats from Sun Valley Community School are in the league. But really, it's it's Declo and Wendell at the top. We talked about the first time that they played uh, back in January, Scott. Uh, Wendell came in as the team with the better record, higher acclaim. You know, they were ranked higher in all the metrics. Um, but it was Declo who said, we don't really care. <laughs> and they, they, they beat Wendell. Um, 53 45. They got that eight point win. Well, the rematch finally came last Friday, and Wendell got their revenge, but it took them two overtimes to do it. Yeah. They get the 59 to 50 win in double overtime. So now you've got Wendell and Declo. They both tied for the conference title three and one records. Uh, who gets the one seed? Uh, kind of semantics. It's going to boil down to Wendell and Declo, I think, for the district title. And only one of these teams will get to go to state. It's going to be a fierce battle. Yeah, that is going to be something else because you've got two pretty good teams in Wendell and Declo on that boys' side of things. Uh, and there, there are going to be some epic battles, uh, especially coming off of that double overtime win uh, that happened in Wendell. So, yeah, uh, that, that'll be a, a fun conference tournament as well. Uh, other fun conference tournaments in terms of how muddled up the standings are the one, a we talked all year, Scott, about the one, a D one, uh, snake river conference, um, in girls basketball and how wild and chaotic and unpredictable it was. The boys conference was e equally unpredictable. Uh, Brian Hardy, the athletic director from Valley high school, and he's the tournament director for, for the boys district tournament. He sent me an email like two, two weeks ago, Scott talking about, uh, with two games to go for everybody in the league, um, we could have a five-way tie for first place. Um, wow. uh, 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 five teams had the potential to finish seven and two, which is unheard of. In the middle of all of this chaos, too, you had Shoshone, which started the year as a member of the conference. They got to January and started playing the JV teams from like Raft River and Oakley instead of the varsity. And they basically said, we, we can't go anymore. And we're, we're dropping out. So basically then everybody had to go back and the teams that had already played Shoshone in conference play that now is a non-conference game. And there was, so there was a lot of math and tinkering involved in these standings, but they finally got it all figured out last night. Last night was the final night of regular season competition. And so here are the final standings, Castle Ford, wins the league with an eight and one record carry takes second at seven and two and then you had a four-way tie for third place murtaugh oakley lighthouse and valley all finished 
six and three. (laughs) Have you seen anything like that before, Scott? Um, Well, yes. And, and that'll be the next conference that we talk about, you know, and conference bylaws uh, change from conference to conference too. So, you know, what their tiebreaker scenarios are going to be might be different than what, you know, we do in the great basin, but I mean, typically they're the same, but uh, yeah, this is the point where all the ADs are on, on conference calls with each other going, what do we do with this mess? How are we breaking the tech? Cause we got to get everybody on the same page, you know, because all the coaches are going to be wondering what the criteria is going to be because oddly enough, coaches don't really pay attention to what the tie-breaking criteria is until it's happening to them. And now they want to know, you know, and that's happening in the other conference we're going to talk about too, but yeah, what a mess. And it's so crazy too, because, you know, I, I, what I haven't seen is the messes as I guess happening in as prevalent as they are. I mean, this, this conference is a mess. The 4A is a total junk show. You know, I, I, that's what I haven't seen is multiple messes. You get one every now and then, but man, this year is, a, it, it is, it, it's a total mess. A lot of good teams out there is how I'll uh, frame that uh, point. Uh, so Brian went on to tell me, here's how the tiebreakers <clears throat> ended up working out. Uh, so Murtaugh got the three seed because they, they compared the head to head records between all four of the schools that were tied at six and three. So Murtaugh and Oakley both went two and one in that group of four, but Murtaugh beat Oakley head to head. So Murtaugh gets the three Oakley gets the four lighthouse and Valley both went one and two amongst that group of four and lighthouse beat Valley head to head. So that's why lighthouse is the five and Valley is the six. When you look at this league all year long, Scott, the two teams, everybody's been talking about are lighthouse and Valley. And those are your five and six seeds because of this convoluted yeah. mess. Of course, in one AD one basketball statewide, it's Lapways deal, right? I mean, they're on the longest winning streak in the nation. It's now up over 55 games. But I will tell you, uh, talking to Lapway fans, the team that they are most uh, and they're not afraid of anybody, but the team that they looked at and said, this team could give us some problems was Valley. That's what that's the per, that's the perception from from Lapway. So, um, Coach Hardy is the six seed. You know, I think the seeds aren't going to matter too much in this district tournament. It's all going to be about can you show up and get get a couple of wins because really any of those top six could take one of those bids to state. Yeah, no, for sure. And in this classification, in the one AD ones, I mean, I mean, how do you how do you not just say Lapway? You know, you you just do. But I I find that interesting that Lapway thinks that Valley is the team. Unranked Valley is the team that could give them problems. I mean, that tells you that Lapway is paying attention uh, to what's going on around the state. And uh, because there's some decent teams in there. I mean, Lighthouse in the latest or the last coaches poll was number three. And so this conference does get a little bit of respect uh, because they do have some really good teams in it. But you know, Grace currently is the number two ranked team and Lighthouse three, Kamii four, and Lakeside is, is five. But really when it comes to the 1AD1, it's Lapway and then everybody else. And that's what it's been forever. So you know, maybe, maybe Valley can get in there. We'll see. 
Yep, we'll see. And, and Lighthouse, I still like the makeup of their team, but they enter on a three-game losing streak into districts. They've lost to Murtaugh, Oakley, and Castleford here down the stretch. So we'll see what the, the Lions can do at districts. All right, and then let's talk Great Basin, uh, 4A District 4, because uh, no, the, we've, we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now, Scott. Nobody wants to win this league. Uh, Twin Falls is still your leader at 8-3. and three. Jerome is seven and four. Mountain Home is six and five. Canyon Ridge six and six. Wood River and Minico are both five and six. Burley at two and nine. You can pencil them into that seventh spot. But other than that, who knows? Well, and that's the thing. There only there's only one thing guaranteed right now, and that is Burley's going to be the seven. Aside from that, we don't know anything. And we were on a big old conference call this morning trying to figure out the what if scenarios. And there was just too many of them because we, we, the other thing that we do know it's twin and Jerome are going to finish one and two for the most part. I mean, I think that we just don't know which way, you know, twin still has to play at mountain home. Now these games are going to be Friday night and, and we'll know stuff then, but I think we're going to have to have some tiebreakers as well because if twin goes to mountain home and wins, they will be the number one. If Twin loses and Jerome beats Burley Friday night, then they're tied. And now we have to go to tiebreakers. But that depends on which six and six team is the, the better one. Because the, the two things that play into this is when we start going down the list of tiebreakers, Twin Falls beat Canyon Ridge twice. The others split with Canyon Ridge. Well, Jerome beat Wood River twice. The others split with Wood River. So the interesting thing is going to be where does Wood River and Canyon Ridge finish? Because when you go to tiebreaker scenarios, you go top down and how you did against the top teams. And if Wood River and they've got Minico, if they win, then they might, I think they vault ahead of Canyon Ridge, which makes Jerome the number one seed. But I, I don't know, dude. We, <laughs> we, we gave up at about 45 minutes in saying, you know what? Let's, let's go get a drink. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> let's reconvene on Friday after. Oh, all my word. Yeah, no, it, it is. And we've never seen anything like it before in this conference. It's the parody is so bizarre that. Any team can beat any team on any given night from top to bottom. And, you know, Burley, even though they're coming in at 3-17, and 17, they've lost some close games, you know, so they're better than their record. So I, who knows, man? We have one game left. Canyon Ridge is done. Yeah. They finish out at 6-6. Six and six. They're, they're done in the conference. Um, but we don't know where they, where they stand. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, and again, uh, <clears throat> Canyon Ridge beat Burley last night uh, in pretty convincing fashion um, yeah. by a final of 88 to 57. Final game for Samuel Lapumba. He had 33 points in that win for Canyon Ridge, and now now we find out. Right. He's not eligible to, to compete in the district tournament. A similar thing happened at Hawaii this year on the girls' side, not because a player was granted a fifth year, but because it was a transfer dispute from another school um but you know how does canyon ridge do now without the anchor of its offense and defense 
Yeah. Um, how do they navigate it? It's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, it, it really is. I mean, that's a coaching nightmare, knowing that your best player you're going to be without. But, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago is you, you, you play him for a couple of reasons. You play him to, you know, get him exposure because you want him to go to the next level. But you also play him to win games to get a better seed. But what you're doing is you're sacrificing the chemistry that you're going to have into the district tournament because you're going to be without them. They're going to be a completely different team in the district tournament. You know, so there is that little, you know, kind of side story that's going on in this tournament uh, as well. So, and we just don't know where anybody is. And this morning, I, you know, I told uh, uh, our ADs, let's just get, you know, Ted Reynolds from Canyon Ridge and John Clark from Mountain Home. Let's, if they tie, let's just get them on the floor at halftime and leg wrestle and let's, <laughs> let's get a winner that way. So, <laughs> that's where we're at in this conference right now. Yeah. And, and you look at like what happened to Minico, right? Minico got off to such a strong start this year yeah. and they have, they've been in a tailspin. Uh, they have lost uh, four conference games in a row, actually yeah. three, three league games in a row and four of their last five overall and six of their last eight. So they're in a bad funk and yet they go to twin last night and only lose by two. 55 53 and that's your yeah. league leader so yeah it's i who knows dude i mean we're just throwing darts at at this trying to find out who wants to who wants to be the number one seed but you know it, it sets up for a fabulous tournament because any team can beat any team on the road at home it just doesn't matter and so what becomes important is to get that one and two seed because you don't want to be grinding things out if you don't have to. You know, it's not like you're going to get a patsy in the first round. You, you don't. Um, because, I mean, you look at, you just brought up Minico. Minico could finish anywhere as the third seed or the sixth seed. I mean, they could go from being a number three to a play-in game to get into the conference tournament. I mean, that is just how volatile this standing these standings are in the great basin. So that's why that one and two seed become important because you don't want to be playing an extra game knowing that it doesn't matter who you play, you could lose. Right. And if Minico gets into that playing game with Burley, they've lost to Burley this year already. Um, I, I could see Burley winning that play in game. Definitely. So you want to, if you're, if you're a team out there, you want to, you want to avoid the sixth seed. You want to finish third, fourth or fifth, at least to buy yourself the chance at the double elimination because you don't yeah. want to go out on a bad night. Right. Right. No. And, and you, you, we could have the possibility of, of one, four teams, I think finishing at six and six, if I'm not mistaken. And now all of a sudden we're going through massive tiebreaker scenarios, you know? Yeah. So I, I, and yeah. The, the other thing I would hope for if I'm a, if I'm a school in the great basin is, um, you want Mountain Home and Wood River to be seated lower because those are long trips to make and you don't want to have to make that trip. So selfishly, if you're one of those Magic nope. Valley metro area teams, uh, you you want Wood River and Mountain Home having to come to your place. You don't want to make that to Wood River, especially. Yeah. That's a long, daunting trip. Well, it is. And, and you talk about venues. Um, there are just venues that are just tough to play in for whatever reason. And I think the two in the Great Basin that are the toughest are Mountain Home and Wood River, you know, because you go up to Wood River and it's it's just a different 
wide open, echoey environment. And it's a whole new world up there anyway. And that's the vibe that you get. Mountain Homes got that smaller gym with the stage behind the, the basket. And it's, they're just tough, weird places to play, you know? And so, yeah, there's, there's something to be said about where you're going too. I still think my favorite uh, gym uh, to go to, to, to call a game, to cover a game is Twin Falls High though. The old, the old school gym. And I don't know, it just gives me that, that rustic feeling and it gets loud in there too. So it does. And, and, you know, Twin's got that gym that's kind of a shooter's gym too. And you can, we used to walk into these gyms and you, you just had a feel that this was a shooter's gym. (laughs) Shot the lights out. I, (laughs) <laughs> well played, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the the old Twin Bond Gymnasium's got that shooter's gym feel to it. The old Burley Gym before they built their new one was that same kind of way. It was just you always shot well for some reason. And basketball players and coaches know what I'm talking about when I say shooter's gym. Uh, that was just the way it was. But yeah, I, I, I don't. You don't get that feel when you're at uh, Mountain Home and Wood River. They're just not comfortable unless you are so used to that and and that's what makes them different yep for sure well we'll keep an eye on it certainly as we get towards uh the end of the regular season next week on the magic valley prep cast scott uh of course at idahosports.com we'll do our annual uh live state tournament preview show that we do for girls basketball we'll bring on all the broadcasters and break down each classification um, and that will be the the uh, the Magic Valley Prepcast next week. You and I won't do a normal one. We'll just have the preview show in its place. But you'll be on there talking about girls' state basketball. So yeah, I'm scheduled to uh, call the five A's. Yeah, out at the Idaho Center. That's going to be a fun tournament. There's a lot of good teams in that five A classification. Yeah, so I got I got to do my homework and uh, get ready for that. But those are always fun. I love those shows. Yep, for sure. So stay tuned uh, for more details on that. That'll be live sometime next week on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. All right, Scott, enjoy being in three places at once tonight, and I guess I'll see you over in Rupert in a couple hours. Yeah, you will. I'll come up and uh, razz you just a little bit, so I'll see you tonight at some point. All right, sounds good. Thanks for tuning into the Magic Valley PrepCast, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Maney. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.